So you're a dentist, eh? You're in the right place. This is the Canadian Dentist Podcast with Dr. Carlo Biasucci, where you'll get a truly Canadian approach to building a low-stress, highly profitable practice and live life on your terms. Learn more at TheElitePractice.com. The following is an excerpt from a recent members-only Q&A session. Okay, so the next question is, your team is full of clashing personalities. What do you do about that? Okay, well, it depends on how they're clashing. Um, Specifically, they clash at work, but then they're friendly afterwards. Oh, okay, okay. So it's a, uh, they're like fighting siblings, basically. Interesting. So, I mean, that can certainly happen, right? Uh, People who have worked together for a long time, they'll be more comfortable saying stuff that they wouldn't say um, if they didn't know each other well. So, again, it comes down to, is this an effective team or not? If they can get stuff done, but they're a little bit dysfunctional, I might be okay with it. Um, probably I'd be okay with it. Because, I mean, no one's going to get along perfectly all the time. We're people, we're not robots. There is a ton of, you know, psychology and intentional effort into culture, which you can see when, in you, if you go through the culture module, if you go through the, the leadership module, if you go through all these things that we teach. It's very, like, systematic step-by-step. It seems simple, but there's a lot of strategic um, input of psychology and things that we know, assessments that we know, will help pull people together. Now, if they just clash, I mean, again, without having a specific example, um, the thing I would seek to do, because that is also now somewhat dysfunctional, like it's hard to work in that environment. Like if I were the dentist and my team was constantly like, you know, at each other, but they're cool. I mean, they're friends, but it's like that. The patients don't necessarily know that, you know, so it depends on how that's happening too, right? Like, do they joke? Is it jokingly or is it like they're really like at each other? Because patients can see that. They can sense that. That's a problem. Like it's going to hurt the patient experience. I don't care how you call it. it. It is going to be an issue. So what do you do about that? To me, it's strategic strategic hiring again. <clears throat> I'm back to constantly recruiting, finding the best people that I can find, and losing out the bottom. Maybe one of the crazy people needs to go. Quote, unquote, crazy. Okay? I mean, maybe, I, I don't know what the personality issue is, but if again, if you go through the hiring process and you're screening people and you're using the assessments that we teach in the hiring process, you're going to have less of that. I certainly want people to be friends. And sometimes when you have that, so look, let me just back up a little bit because this, this brings up something else in my mind. <clears throat> Inevitably, when you have crazy in an office, strong personality in an office, dysfunctional but functional person, like someone who really can get stuff done when they're on their game. There's, and there's the big butt there, right? Um, to me, that is a short-lived situation. It always, I've seen it so many times, I know you have, that this person is like almost an abusive relationship in the office, either with the dentist or with the staff or both, usually it's both, but they're really good at their job when they're doing it. I don't care. (laughs) I just, you can't work with that. You can't build a team around that because this person usually is a victim mindset. They're usually... Like they need extra, extra care to like tiptoe around. 
they may just suddenly, you know, not show up or be erratic or do some crazy stuff that no one really knows what to do with. And then we got to just like pretend like everything's okay after. This is the kind of thing you see. You need to divorce yourself from that as fast as possible. Because while it might be short-term pain, you can replace people if you're using the right process, you're finding the best people that you can and you're training for skill. It's not hard to do, okay? Yeah, it's turnover. Yeah, it sucks. And you know, and, and by the way, I don't ever recommend turnover that puts you in a disadvantage because the other person is being stupid, okay? Because another person, let me rephrase that, has a poor behavior for your team, it doesn't mean that I'm going to fire them, put myself in a huge jam and not have a replacement, right? Like, I want to have, I want to extract the system from that person because usually that person, by the way, is the only person in big air quotes that can do that thing that they do so well. Well, there's a reason why. Figure out what it is. Like, are they just the right brand of cuckoo to like collect money or to I don't know what they do, like, you know, to sell treatment or something, like whatever it is. But there's something about them that can be trained. So extract the system from them. What I, what I would do with that is I would say, okay, here, you have this really great system of doing this. I will pay you X dollars to put that in writing on how you do it. Video, I don't care how you want to do it. Just put it in a way that if you get hit by a car, we can still function. Because that matters, Okay. Interestingly, we just did this with our team, which is why you're laughing at me because we literally did this last week. So for the last month, Christine has been working around the clock, building a system to reproduce herself should we ever need to do that, okay? And as we grow, as lead practice grows, we we do need to do that. So it became time to do that, but we did exactly. So what I'm telling you is not, I'm just not making it up. We literally just did it, okay? So... You give a person a sum to do a thing. And the thing is, is to extract what they're doing so that someone else can take it and learn it and do it now. That's the key. And then if I can replace that person, I will. Now, do I just, you know, not even try and just say, well, forget it, they're crazy? No, you, you still try to reach them. You still be a good leader. You still try to like, you know, like there's other ways to handle this. Like I know you guys are friends or whatever, the situation you gave me. But is there another way? Like, patients see this. I know you guys are cool at the end of the day and you go out for drinks at six o'clock. That's nice. But the patients think you hate each other or it makes for a weird environment in the office. The new people are scared, whatever. Like, have conversations with them, right? And give them some tools to use. Like, when you feel like this, I know this sounds like counseling now, but it kind of is because you, you kept these people you have them, you can either become part of the counseling of it and fix it, or you can retool. Personally, I have voted to retool more than not in the past when this kind of thing has come up. And it, it again, since the hiring system that we teach you guys, this never came up. It rarely ever came. I can't think of one example yep. that, where this came up as, as a problem. The hiring system solves so many of those things on the front end. Like a person with that kind of a, a mental... Uh, composition won't get through the first assessment. Like something will, will block. I, I, it's just, I've seen it so many times, you know? So I think that's the, well, it's not really a short answer, but that's, that's the answer of how I would approach it. Again, I'm thinking this is not a long-term solution. It just isn't. So you got to have a way to, how do I shore up that position? That's the first thing I think of. Like, 
Usually these people, by the way, are the only ones who can do, like I said, the only ones who can do what they're doing. And if they were gone, it would be hugely damaging. Well, I need to shore that up. That's a one-legged table. That's real scary because if they're the only person and, and the system would walk out with them, then they really got me, yeah. right? So you got to extract that information. You got to find a replacement or, or somebody that can step into that role at a reasonably you know, high level with the training that you're going to have that person create. Do I feel bad about making them train their way out the office? No, because again, I'm not just quitting on them. I'm going to have the conversations. Yeah. I'm going to try to get them around, but usually I can't get there for long. That's why I started with saying it's a short-lived situation because they're just not going to make it or you're going to have to deal with that. Like you're going to have to deal with the fact that every day I go to the office and it's a show of a certain variety. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's basically what you got, okay? So I don't want to live in that. Like, yeah. I want to go to the office. You're going to spend eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours a day in the, in the office, like more time than you spend at home with your family. I'd like to be happy there. I'd like to have fun. I'd like the patients to be happy. I'd like it to be a great environment, especially for kids. You know, like you, you got to have that. So again, how does that reflect on my culture? How does it reflect on my patients? So perfect. I'll leave it at that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Canadian Dentist Podcast. If you want to know how Dr. Biasucci tripled his practice in three years and cut his work week in half, request your free information kit at theelitepractice.com.